0: The following audio content is a talk from Convergence, a service for young adults at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at upc.org forward slash young adults. We want to do everything we can to to develop that, just find that right relationship. And yet so often relationships for us are are ones that are confusing. And if most of us are honest, they're ones in which we haven't seen it work out real well. Uh, I'm coming up on, uh, 10 years of marriage this year, which is, makes me feel really old. Uh, I hope I make it. I got about a month left. We'll see what, one of the things that we learned, um, early on, and, uh, we've been able to survive and get over it. One of the things that we learned early on is that we just cannot dance together. Right? I, I tried. I, I've mentioned this before, but I just, I think I laugh about it all the time because we tried. I, early on, I thought, you know, I'm just going to be romantic. It's going to be great. We're going to go out. We're going to ballroom dance. And so I just, I uh, took her out. We went down to like the fraternal order of eagles or something ridiculous like that. And we were going to ballroom dance, right? I'd gone out. I'd gone out on dates before. It had been great. I thought I was a great dancer until we got on the dance floor and we started just fighting like crazy. Yeah, she's, she's not following. That's what I was thinking. You're not following. And she goes, You're not leading. And we're just bumping into each other. And, and, and it, it was the, one of the most frustrating things that we have ever experienced. And we finally got to the point where it was like, at the end of the night, it was like, Yeah, that sucked. That was great. OK, see you later. And we were out. Well, what's interesting is I think that this whole idea of a dance is a lot it ties into our ideas of, of what does it mean to lead and what does it mean to follow. And for most of us, we think about, we know that if we're going to lean into, if we're going to go big with a marriage, if we're going to have a marriage that's not just about, uh, you know, kind of doing our own thing and, and paying the bills, if we're, if we're going to go somewhere, if we're going to do something or be something meaningful, there's going to have to be leadership in the midst of that. You, you just can't not do it. But for a lot of us, you know, this idea of leadership, it's this funny thing. We. It's this dance, but we wonder, how do you do it? We don't always have a lot of models. And, and, and the, one of the things that is true about society is that you know, we have a tremendous amount of freedom now, don't we? Tremendous amount of freedom, and that's an awesome thing. And yet, with that, it, it can almost be paralyzing because it's like, well, you can do whatever you want, right? You can do whatever you want to do. That's the worst thing in the world to tell somebody who's like, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Hey, anything in the world. Yeah, great. You might as well tell me anything. Tell me to be a ditch digger. Anything. Just give me some direction. And so, a lot of us we're looking now. We're trying to find out where what is something that that works. How can I? How can we begin to to figure out who we are? And there's gender stuff. And gender stuff constantly is changing. We're constantly asking new questions. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a female? What does it mean to lead in the in the midst of that? And then what does marriage look like? Marriage is changing all the time. The expectations around marriage, especially when we're in America, it's not like we're in a, in a different culture. Some cultures are very, very traditional. We're in a culture that seems like it's changing constantly. And so the question is, how do we do this dance? And so if we're going to be able to to move into a place where we go beyond just throwing up our hands or, or, or having a sense of uh, overwhelming choice, we begin to look for models. And so, models that at least somebody told me uh, something that will work. Because some of us, we actually tried doing whatever we wanted to do. We tried just going, well, I can do whatever I want, does it really matter? We tried that and it went horribly. It bombed. Um, it didn't... Work out the way I wanted. There must be something to it, and so we look for for models, and if we can maybe get the formula right, or if we can we can figure out the right way to be, or the or the right roles to be able to fill, um, or if if I lead in a certain way, or she leads in a certain way, then then maybe maybe this will have a chance at working because it didn't work with my folks, and, and maybe even for some of us it didn't work the first time, or and. So what's again, How's it going to work? I, I, you guys, I, have thought about this. I've, I've done this. I've done this talk before, but I just got to tell. You, I just wrestled, 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 wrestled with this on clarity. I have so many different thoughts on this, and so tonight I, I feel like this is going to be probably a little rougher. I'm just going to let you know that because I just I could not seem to pull together the one or two things I wanted to say. But I I want us to look at this because this is so important and there's so much misunderstanding when it comes to this. And yet we have to get this right. And so we're going to look at a passage tonight. We're going to to sit in a passage in particular and it's Ephesians. And some of you guys have, have looked at this before. Some of you haven't. Some of you probably can't stand this passage. Especially if you're female. You hate it. But I want to I open it up and then I just want to share with you guys a, a few things that I think comes out of the, that I hope will begin to push us in a direction to be the kind of people that can actually begin to really and truly move towards strength. Because sometimes what we do has the veneer of being Christian but does not move in any way to setting us up uh, for strength. So if you have a, your Bibles, why don't you open up with, uh, with me to Ephesians 5. And, and I'm going to read a little bit of an extended section, and then we'll come back and, and highlight uh, a few things. They'll make a few reflections for us. This is uh, uh, the Apostle Paul. He's writing this letter to, to the Ephesians. And, and as he does with a lot of his letters, he, he begins with a sense of, uh, here's your identity, here's who you are. And then he begins to say, again, and here's the implications of, w- of what this looks like. Um, in chapter 5, he, he begins like this. He says, uh, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And that's what, for a lot of us, if we've come into any sense of uh, of uh, understanding of Jesus Christ, we're desiring to figure out what the Lord's will is. And if you're not really sure, or, or you you're kind of, have doubts, You know, you're, you're wondering, is the Lord's will good? Is it actually something that will be beneficial in my life? So, a lot of us, we ask these questions, what, what is the Lord's will? It says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, and always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit one another. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then he's going to begin, he's going to talk about, okay, here's different relationships that, that are basic to society. And he begins with husbands and wives. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. after all, no one has ever hated his own body, but he feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are all members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, and I, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, and here he's going to sum it up. Each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband, would you guys pray with me, Lord? as we get into your word, Lord, there is a lot in here that we want to we 're resistive to uh, for some of us we we're, we're like uh, we just don 't always know what to do with it, but Lord, I pray that you would by your spirit uh, begin to do the same work that you did in the very first years because you inspired this word, that it began to form this community, Lord, will you form us, will you open our eyes to how we could be people who lead strong and well, so that we can live boldly and big. So I pray that you guide us tonight in your name. Amen. You know, as I was trying to reflect on this, I think that there's two things, and I feel like I want to air some stuff out, because I think as we go to this passage like this, that for some of you, this has been a tool that you have felt like has been used against you. That, that you have been told, especially if you 're female, that you have been told submit, submit, and that the husband is is to be in charge and the husband t- and it 's been, been something that has restricted you and, and I think sometimes what happens when we come to this idea of, of leadership, what we want to do is we want to figure out we the, it 's the wrong concept see, see we 're trying to get the wrong thing because when we come to leadership we 're thinking. Okay, if we, if we find the right role, the right structure, if I, if I fit into the right spot, then I'm going to get God's design for marriage. And what we think is then I will finally get what I want. Whether it's going to be that I'll get a sense of identity, I'll get a sense of security, I'll get a sense of worth, whether it be that I am um, married to, I have a husband, or that I, I actually am supposed to be the leader, or, or one thing or another. And, and so we go, okay, I'll do this, because if I do this, then this is what God, I think, wants, and so then, uh, then I'm going to get what I want. I'll be, I will be okay. And we have to fundamentally shift how we th- go about this, because uh, too often what we try to do is we try to think about how do I get something when really what this is fundamentally about is how am I empowered by God's Spirit in my life so that I can give. And when we think about leadership, that leadership so often is about us asserting our authority on somebody else to get what we need. Instead of what Christ demonstrates as His authority, as our authority is something that we lay aside for the sake of another, because of Jesus Christ. Because of His relationship with the Father, Jesus laid aside everything He had claimed to, every, uh, all of His authority for the sake of you. For the sake of you and me. That He demonstrated a leadership that was radically different. It was not about... Who was in charge? It was about how can I bring out the very best in you? How, what can I do? How can I lay myself aside so that you can live? For, those, for the, all of us who are lost in sin at one point and separation from God, I'm going to do everything I can so, to bring you back into relationship. And I bring this up because sometimes what happens is when we, when we approach things like leadership in, 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 within the context of marriage is either we're trying to protect our rights because we're afraid that we're going to be infringed upon. And, and what can happen within the context of marriage is that you can end up having two people who are great individuals but not this one flesh that Paul talks about. In other words, you can have two, two people who cohabitate. Though they might be married, they're cohabitating in the same room because they're trying to protect what they want against the other person and don't infringe on me i won't infringe on you here we go we'll we'll be equal and there's never the sense that that moves into something bigger that moves into something more dramatic it's just we'll keep going and more and more what we're seeing is when it just doesn't work out we just split see you haven't given me what i need and so we'll just we'll, we'll just split For some of us, we've been in these relationships and we hope that it will work out. And yet what we find sometimes is that it can feel like we have the formula right and yet it ends up being the opposite of what we'd hoped for. We hoped that it was going to be a great marriage and what it ends up being is a horrible marriage. Now I just want to air that because I think as some of us hear this, what we're going is, yeah, you know what, I've heard God's design for marriage, and yet my friends are in horrible marriages that are supposed to be Christian. The man's in charge, the man's head of the household, the wife is subservient, and yet it's a horrible marriage. It doesn't work. They feel squashed. And on one hand, that's women, and I just have too many of these that come, and I hear about this. And this is, not, this is not everybody. It's not that there's one particular, like if you just change the formula, it's different. But you get in these contexts, you realize, I thought I was marrying a Christian man. And yet I realize that once I get into this a particular, this relationship, he's actually pretty abusive to me. That he's always trying to, there's a sense that he's always trying to, to, to push me down and it ends up being this horribly negative thing. And I have conversations with some of you folks that have come through here and you, you go and for, you can easily start to say, well, I guess that is that it? It doesn't work. It does not work. Who, who wants to be a part of that? But I've had other conversations where it feels like there's some sort of weird expectation that if you have to lead in a certain way, guys, if you lead in a certain way, you need to be a man. You need to lead. And so you, you, you hear that and, and you don't even necessarily know what it means. And the people that are asking you don't even know what it means, I think. I talked to the guy. He's like, early on when I came here, he's like, you know, tell me, I guess I was told I need to. I need to lead. I need to be a leader. I, I, I'm not, I guess I don't really know what that... What does that mean? Well, this is, one of the, this is a guy who has one of the best hearts of anyone I've ever met. Loved Jesus like crazy. But he wasn't bold. In a way that somebody wanted him to be bold. And so we, we, feel, constrained, we feel constrained on both sides on this. And yet what Paul is trying to say, Look, I want your relationships... They, you could have all kinds of titles and roles and, and all kinds of positions, but your relationships need to be transformed from the inside out. And the only way that happens is as Christ is formed in you, and you begin to, to follow Christ as you lead one another, as you are empowered by the Spirit. You begin to give away. See, it's about character, Ultimately. It's not about finding someone with a certain set of attributes. You can go, well, a leader is this and they have a certain job or a certain title or, or, or they've made it or they went to this school. See, sometimes what we want to do is, is we want to prove to somebody that, hey, look, we're sharp, we're with it. And yet it's these external things when really we just want someone who's solid. So here's my sense: I bet every single one of us, girls, you want a leader. You want a guy who initiates, who is thinking about you, who is leading forward, who is strong, who you can depend on. You just don't want a tyrant. Guys, we want a leader. We want somebody who's strong to come alongside us. We don't want some, we don't want some weak wife at home who's just waiting on whatever we have to say. Well, just I don't really know. Just tell me what. You're great. Just tell me what you want to say. No, we want someone we can depend on, right? You're awesome. I don't know, whatever you think. We want someone we can turn to and go, I have no idea what to do. What do, you, what do you think? Because I know that you're smarter than me. I mean, that's the truth right there, guys. So when we come into this place where our, our relationships can be formed by Christ, we, we can become into this place where we begin to grow into people who are, who are solid. And in the context of what Paul is saying here, Submit to one another. Get underneath one another. Build one another up. We come into the place where there's clarity. We don't have to because sometimes it's chaos. We go, "Who's in charge?" I don't know who's in charge. If we're going to move forward, someone's got to be in charge. We, We move into a place where there's clarity and not chaos. But we also move into a place where the very best of our gifts can move forward, can be brought and can be brought to bear. And that's what, for some of us, we resist. We feel like if we get into this place and we start talking about leadership, my gifts are going to get squashed. And for some of us, we feel like I'm going to have to try to be a person that I'm not. I just know I'm not. But I have to pretend at least to be in charge in all things. And it's exhausting for us. One of the things that we each need to do is, if we're going to come into this place, is if we're going to submit to one another, is we're going to have to learn. We actually have to have something that we can give away. And, and that only is going to come as we develop our relationship with God, As we actually have something solid to give away. If not, we're going to be playing games, and we're going to get ourselves in trouble. You're, are you growing in character are you growing in, in a sense of your identity being based not on if you're in charge or not in charge, or, or if you're competent in everything or not competent in everything? Are you growing in a sense that Christ is your identity? Guys, are you growing in a sense in such a way that you're able to, even now, and this is why this is so important for us, if we're going to have, uh, as a community, Christian relationships and Christian leadership. This is not something that's just marriage. This is across the board. This is something we can be developing on. Now, if our ultimate goal is not simply to be happily married, but to grow into maturity in Christ, that even now you can begin to say, in our dating and in community, are you saying, how do I put aside my needs for the sake of someone else? How, how am, I, am I demonstrating the kind of character that says that I am not here purely for myself, but I'm here for the benefit of somebody else? How am I beginning to understand who I am as a person? What I, ha- what I have to offer and what I don't. So that I can come at some point and go, you know what, here's the deal. I can bring the very best of this, but I, I'm okay that I don't, can't do X, Y, and Z. I need you to do it. See, the very best of relationships are those relationships in which men and women who are given gifts, strong gifts, competent gifts, can be able to come together and say, "The very best, let's bring to bear, as we think about moving forward and going through life, Who's better at leading out on this? And whoever that is, leads out. Because I'm here to give and to build you up and to see. If you look through what Paul talks about for guys, it is, guys, your job, your number one job is to make sure that your wife thrives. That she is, that she is growing with everything she has. Women, your number one job is to, know, is to let the guys know. Let the men in your life know that you are proud of them. See, we all essentially want to be honored and recognized for who we are. But so often, what we do is we get into places where it is about how do I get? Uh, I need to get something from you, so I can't honor you. And so it becomes sort of this. Uh, we get into the situation where we're it's you know I'm standing off and we're resisting one another until because I, I and you give me what I need and then I'll give you what I. What you need, and instead of just simply saying, Look, Christ has poured absolutely everything into me. So I'm going to pour absolutely everything into you. I'm going to free you up. To not have to, to worry about trying to protect yourself, to not have to worry about, about trying to prove anything, but simply to be able to be as bold as you can with the gifts that God has given you. For all of us, I think, as we come to this place, we, we long to we long to know that we're valued. We long to know that we're treasured. The only way we're going to be able to do this, the only way that we're going to be able to have a marriage that is going to or relationships that are going to last, is that we are going to be the kind of people who can begin to follow after Christ. And then Philippians two says this: it follows up. Your attitude should be the same as Christ who in all humility did not consider equality with God something to be offered, but he emptied himself for the sake of another. You guys, the world is dying to see leadership like that. There's not leadership based on what you're going to give me, but what I'm going to give you and how I'm going to help you thrive. It's the leadership that we're called to. I'm going to stop real quick right there. And just... At- just, are there any questions that come out of that? I just some thoughts, stuff that I that I've been hearing. And, and but the challenge for us to begin to think about leadership different. Are there questions that you have? We're going to have a Q and A in a few weeks, but I just want to give it in this moment. Yeah. This is where there there will be people that will ar- that will argue one way or the other. And I've come to the point where I go, you could do that, but it's ultimately going to end up being um, it's going to ultimately end up being about character. You can have the best system in the world. You can have the nicest house in the world, and yet you can have miserable people inside that house. I've seen people take different kinds of roles in different places in the church, and sometimes it goes really well, and sometimes it goes really badly. Here's the difference. The, the, the one common denominator is the character of the people that are involved and whether they are serving one another. And so great leadership, it, great leadership at any point, is leadership that looks around the room and goes, who is the best person in... If you think about a team in business, it's not the boss. We all know that bosses that will go, I can only be in charge and I can only make the decisions. A great boss, a great leader, even in a work situation, is going to look around and go, I need to get the very best information in the room. And I'm going to choose the very best people for for the job. And so this this is where... At some point, when we can get into a place where I don't feel like I have to be affirmed or I don't feel like I, I'm worried about whether I'm important or not or the wife is valued or not, if I know that my wife totally esteems me, I totally esteem her, then we're freed up to not have to prove to anything to anyone and we can then move into whatever we're best at. They're just things that are Shannon's just flat out way better than, at me than, than I am. And, I, and same for me with her. And so we're into a place where we could just simply say, this is a place w- where you lead out, and this is a place where we lead out. But both, both of us are saying, how do we begin to serve one another, and how do we listen to the Lord in the midst of this? Yeah? Need to take the leadership. Well, the way it doesn't work is that you, tr- the way that, for us, and this is, this is where I'll speak, some of this, some of the problems that we get into this is that we want to make sometimes our own experience universal. And that's where sometimes it, we get, uh, get in trouble. So this is my experience. Well, one of my experience is the way that you do it is that you don't try to assert your authority. You simply, you simply uh, well, if you want to assert your authority, you do it the way Jesus does it, and you just love. And if I, if I love and I esteem Shannon with everything that I have, she knows that I listen to her, that her best interest is in my mind, that what I do, I am considering, I am considering her and honoring her. Some of these questions on who's in charge go away. And, and vice versa. That's been my practical experience. So I, wish, I wish I could map it out better, but the practical experience is you can fight all day long. And that's why I think what we do is we get into trouble because we want to fight about who's in charge and who, and who has a specific role. And so sometimes what we do is we go, well, I don't want to get pigeonholed into something, so I have to do this. I, guys have to do this. Women have to do this. And so we stick there even if we don't like it or even if it's not true of us. Um, when we can let go of some of that stuff because we know that we're esteemed, we're able to move into those places in which we truly are gifted. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, this is. Yeah, totally. The mutual submission is good. If you look at the text, the problem is that that can break down a little bit in that, um, that. So mutual submission is a general. It is a general category over all of the, all of the relationships. So it's going to be uh, slaves and masters, and children, and um, and then what, husbands and wives. Um, the, that submit language doesn't get used for guys in the same way that it does for women, but it's. But the basic concept would hold in there. And so I think we get. If we want to say that exact word goes over to husbands, it's not totally true, but but if you look at it you know, both of the both of the leadership is based is dependent on um Christ so you submit only to Christ well the church doesn't submit to somebody who is uh simply um Christ pours himself out for the sake of the church that's why the church submits to Christ in same ways what, what how do, how do guy how are men supposed to treat their wives as Christ so Christ is the denominator so whatever Christ the leadership of Christ looks like that's what guides it. And then both of this is it's all it's about being filled with the spirit. too. One last question and then we'll be we'll be done. And and by the way, if you have more questions, we're going to do this. Dave's going to be here next week and then we're going to do a Q&A and it's it'll be wide open. Yeah, Eric. Oh. <laughs> I just want to call out one of your spiritual gifts is to make sure you pull out all the weird stuff. If if there's some weird stuff within scripture, you're going to bring it out. But yeah, go ahead. So I'm going to have the worship team come up for our closing song. (laughs) But but let me explain it. So husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, blemish. There's a couple blemishes in there seems like, okay, but blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife uh, loves himself. What, what is going on? I, is he saying that the husband does all that kind of stuff for the wife? No. The point that he's trying to be able to, to make is to say, you are to love your wife. You are to lead, if you're to lead your wife, and he's talking, to, he's talking in, a, in a society, especially to husbands, when husband, there, were, there was uh, no obligations that husbands would have to wives. In that culture. And so, in some ways, the codes that he has in here, the call, these are called household codes. These codes uh, are standard. They're they're in Greek culture. This is how this is how you structure a life in a uh, society and don't mess with this. Paul affirms it. He goes, Yeah, not chaos. Okay, we're not about chaos. God's never about chaos, God is about order. And yet, I'm going to subvert it because. There's more that's going on here. And so suddenly, he, for husbands... And, he, and what's unusual about this is that he goes on and on and on. And he says, you actually... I'm going to qualify the way that that you think that you need to lead. You actually have obligations. and you're, Because your obligations and your leadership now... Within the context of a marriage is now qualified by Jesus Christ. And, and as he leads the church. And how does he lead the church? Um, and so, all that kind of stuff. He's basically saying... Christ does everything for the church to make her holy, blameless, complete. That's your job. If you, your job is that she's not there for you. Your job is that you are there for her. And so that's where I, I'm, I'm doing a quick summary and saying to make her complete, to make her thrive, to make her grow into everything that God has created her to be. That's what Jesus is doing in and through us, his church, though we are dirty whores sometimes. The church is a mess at times, and yet Christ is doing a work in us, cleansing us, making us his perfect bride for that one day. Um, we will be united with him at the, in the end times. And so, so don't get caught up too much. And in, uh, in, uh, I know that it, it is, probably for us, it's, it's a little bit confusing, but what he's just trying to say is that he is giving everything that she might thrive but the, the bride might thrive. And so that, that's my my quick uh, interpretation on it. It's a good question. Okay, we do need to wrap up, though. So, Kyle, come on up. Keep those questions. If you write, jot them down, um, we will take more time. The, uh, in a couple of weeks, it'll just be all up for you guys, whatever you want to ask. Okay? And so we'll take the whole time and just and bat the stuff around. And by the way, you guys, I' just say that this a lot of this stuff, this is done in community as we begin to figure out how are we faithful to God's Word? How do we begin to, to have rela- how are our relationships countercultural? How are they our relationships those that are, that are marked by very different dynamics than what we see in the world so that Even the disciples don't get it when they go, they want to figure out how can they dominate and how can they exercise authority over other people. And he goes, you just, I'm going to wash your feet because you don't get it. I'm here to serve you. Because my authority, by the way, is not based just on a position or because I should be in charge. But my authority is based on relationship in that you will follow me anywhere because you know that I love you.